What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. Tonight it is uh, Tuesday, June 21st. I'm just going to go over some of the news and the headlines that broke today. Uh, one of the major ones that did come out, Rob Gronkowski announces his retirement. Uh, so I think he's 33 years old. A lot of speculation about him actually was returning and looked positive. Like if you would have asked me a week ago, I would have said, yeah, Rob Gronkowski, he'll be back for training camp. But uh, today he announces on his Instagram and a couple other sources reported that he is officially announcing his retirement. Now there is a little asterisk here. We did see Tom Brady retire and unretire in a short matter of time. And uh, Adam Schefter notes that he received a text from Gronk's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, that says it would not surprise me if Tom Brady calls him during the season to come back and Rob answers the call. This is just my opinion, but it wouldn't be surprised if Rob comes back during the season or next season. So we can't really officially rule this out. Rob Gronkowski's kind of, he's got a history of this, you know, of, of saying I'll play, I'll not play. And who knows, Tom Brady could easily just make that phone call and, and make it happen. So congrats to Gronk uh, on the career uh, for now. Aiden Tobin, my man, how's it going? I'm doing great. Uh, Got a lot of sun the last week. We're just having fun uh, doing some player news and updates, trying to get back into things. We'll do our um, Thursday night. We'll do a live ESPN mock draft, so I'll make sure I'll get you uh, in that lobby as well. But for now, just a quick uh, maybe a 10, 15-minute video just covering some of the major news. I'm actually going to hit uh, back on the page here. and We'll kind of just roll through and let you guys know what I saw that was important for fantasy football. This one's kind of interesting. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, not a team that I, I, I want to be drafting pretty much for fantasy football, but uh, interesting with the wide receiver situation. Of course, A.J. Brown is gone. They get Robert Woods and uh, the Athletics. Uh, Joe Rexroad writes that Robert Woods should be the Titans' number one option in week one if he's healthy. Now, uh, he's recovering from a knee injury. It sounds like he's well on track and ready for week one. And here's the quote. He and Ryan Tannehill have already been building chemistry, and it would take a setback for Woods to be anything by, uh, but full go for week one. Rex Road adds while noting that Traylon Burks projects as a wide receiver three to start, which is interesting. So Traylon Burks has been going on. He's been having some asthma problems, and apparently he hasn't really been able to, to be in camp and hasn't really been able to show what he's got. So Traylon Burks is actually the number three wide receiver on the depth chart right now behind uh, Nick Westbrook-Ikina. So uh, the overall pecking order for wide receivers, it's Robert Woods. But again, Ryan Tannehill, Robert Woods, uh, they do have Austin Hooper, who we'll cover in a little bit. But so far, Robert Woods, the number one wide receiver. Uh, Aiden says, not Thursday NBA draft my Blazers. Oh, NBA draft. Okay. Well, I'll still send you the link if you want to participate. It might be a good time. We'll see. Uh, I'll still send you the link. And if you want to join, go ahead and join. Now, uh, the cover of today's video was Mike Evans, which we'll, I'll talk about, I guess, in this take here with Russell Gage and just the Tampa Bay wide receivers in general. Uh, with Rob Gronkowski retiring, there are some adjustments to be made in this Tampa Bay offense. The Athletics' Greg Allman writes, while Russell Gage has never had more than four touchdowns in a season, it would be easy for him to surpass that in 2022. So uh, you have to think, Rob Gronkowski is out of the situation, and Chris Godwin probably going to be starting on the pup list to start the year. That's all the information that I've been able to gather is it's either going to be Rob, uh, it's either going to be Chris Godwin's on the pup list, he's going to miss the first six games, or it sounds like he could just sit out like a month of September, avoid the pup list, and miss maybe three, four, five games. But either way, uh, to start the, the season week one, it's going to be Mike Evans and Russell Gage as the top two passing weapons. And after that, you're going to have Cameron Brait, who all of a sudden emerges as a interesting tight end one option. He's probably best as a tight end too. But if you play best ball leagues, Cameron Brait is going to be the leading tight end for the, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, but back to Russell Gage. Uh, in my projections, actually, 
Um, I, I do have high hopes for Mike Evans. I, again, with the things we mentioned, Rob Gronkowski out uh, and, and Chris Godwin missing some time, I, I have Chris or Mike Evans up here as a top 10 wide receiver. And if we go a little bit further, you're going to see Russell Gage here as my wide receiver 32. I do have Chris Godwin as a fringe wide receiver three. But uh, again, with all the things we mentioned, Russell Gage is going to be a busy guy. He's a really good slot receiver. I have him going for about 77 catches, almost 900 yards and six touchdowns. So he's, uh, he's a big value in fantasy right now i think in the eighth round and if you play in ppr leagues he's, he's going to be very busy so mike evans arrow up russell gage arrow up and then i guess cameron Brait now with the with, with the retirement for gronk so get your tampa bay pass catchers while you can um <clears throat> george pickens with the pittsburgh steelers the athletics mark caboli writes of george pickens fantasy stock pickens will produce some splat, splash plays as a rookie but not enough to be somebody you blindly start every week this is kind of what we thought especially with a guy like Mitchell Trubisky being the starting quarterback, there's really not going to be there. There will maybe be two or three fantasy options in Pittsburgh. That's going to be Najee Harris, of course, but Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are probably the only other guys that I would start for wide receivers. And then of course, Pat Fryermuth. So it's going to be uh, not the, the the best situation for fantasy numbers for, for George Pickens, but in, in dynasty leagues, he still has that upside. So uh, continue to hold on to George Pickens and hopefully he can make some splash plays throughout the season. Moving on to the New York Jets and Brees Hall. The Athletics' Connor Hughes writes that Brees Hall is now the Batman to Michael Carter's Robin. The Jets will use both, but Hall is the lead back. And that's kind of what I've been projecting. I still have um, some decent numbers for Michael Carter, but I have a feeling you're going to see this, this lead role of, of Brees Hall getting anywhere from 15 to 20 touches in a game, and Michael Carter probably in the 8 to 10 touches. He's probably going to be more used like a Naheem Hines. Kind of just that reserve back role. And as far as projections, I mean, I like Brees Hall. It is still the Jets. I have him as my RB26. I think he's going to be a fringe running back to this season. Uh, and then I do have, I mean, I got Michael Carter down here as RB42, which puts him square like in, in flex territory range. Uh, he's, he's a guy that pretty much only has value if something happens to Brees Hall. And, and otherwise, he's going to be just a best ball pick for me. So uh, I do like both guys here. I don't really love Brees Hall's ADP. I think right now he's being drafted. Let me actually pull this up on drafters.com, which is full PPR. You have Brees Hall going, uh, let's see, uh, 44th overall, which is RB20. Again, that, that's still a little bit rich for me. I think if I get him in the fifth round, I'd pull the trigger there. Uh, so I think for now I'm out on the Jets backfield. There's just too many guys in the fourth round that I prefer over uh, the Jets starting running back. Uh, moving on to Cam Akers, the LA Rams. Cam Akers told the Athletics Jordan uh, Rodriguez that he is 100% in minicamp. So he's he's a full, uh, almost a full year removed from his Achilles injury. He did come back earlier last year than people expected. And uh, he's going to be a busy guy. Sounds like he's going to be clear go for training camp, which is good news. And uh, this is this is a sneaky player. Again, if, if you're picking in the fourth round, let me just look here. Cam Akers goes 39th overall, Brees Hall about 44th. I'm taking Cam Akers all day uh, in this range. So if you wanted a fourth round running back, Cam Akers is one of those guys that I'm intrigued with. And again, uh, they lost Sony Michelle. Now, they pretty much just have Daryl Henderson there as the backup. So I think Cam Akers, there was so much hype. He was a fringe second round pick last year in drafts before his injury. So uh, don't sleep on Cam Akers in the fourth round. Uh, moving on to the Seattle Seahawks, DK Metcalf. Speaking at minicamp, Pete Carroll said of holdout DK Metcalf, we've had so many high-profile guys that have gone through this process. Uh, John Schneider is on it. So uh, as far as me drafting Seattle Seahawks, it's not really something that I've, I've been – trying to do with my best ball lineups. But I, I think at this point, DK Metcalf is starting to become a value. 
If we look down the list here, he's going off as wide receiver 21, uh, about 50th overall around guys like Allen Robinson, Gabe Davis, uh, a couple other receivers, Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy. So he's in that fifth round range right now. And I think if you draft DK Metcalf to be your wide receiver three, that can pay off. Again, he's being drafted as wide receiver 21. But if you can somehow find a way to get him as your wide receiver three, uh, he's going to, you know, he's going to be a, a boom and bust type receiver. But he actually played fairly well with Geno Smith at times last year when Russell Wilson was out. And of course, if anything uh, happens and, and Drew Locke is the starter. We've seen Cortland Sutton play well with, with Drew Locke. I think the big-bodied receiver uh, could do well with, I guess, both quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm, I'm open to it at, at this point. If he keeps falling fifth round, I, I don't mind it. And hopefully he gets a deal done soon. Otherwise, maybe DK Metcalf is on the move in a year or two. Um, moving on to the Atlanta Falcons' Desmond Ritter. The Athletics' Josh Kendall writes that it sure sounds like third-round draft pick Desmond Ritter is going to make a competition out of quarterback at training camp. So I'm I'm fully protecting Marcus Mariota to be the starter week one. Uh, but I do think there, there's, an there's an opportunity for Ritter, especially towards the end of the season. We don't expect the Falcons to compete for a playoff spot. They're probably going to be, you know, somewhere as like the like the 10th best team in the NFC. So if things go south, maybe by weeks 10, 11, 12, you could see Desmond Ritter uh, become a starter. So I think the fantasy take here is to ignore the Ritter hype, unless he unless he's going to win the job. And if, if, if you know, come July, August, if he's going to be the starting quarterback, then we would, you know, kind of re-correct our position here. But for now, I'm just going to put it in the back of my mind and say, hey, we'll watch this. If he does get the chance to play, then we'll worry about it uh, when he's ready. Uh, Terrace Marshall, Carolina Panthers. The Athletics' Joseph Person notes that Terrace Marshall's stock is rising after a good showing at minicamp. Now, this is interesting to me because there's been talks about Robbie Anderson. Uh, not only did he change his name from uh, R-O-B-B-Y to an I-E, Robbie, uh, he's, there's, there was a rumor of him contemplating retirement. So who knows where his head and where his heart is. Uh, there's potential here for Terrace Marshall Jr. for sure to be the wide receiver three to start the year. Um, but man, if anything happens to Robbie Anderson or if he just decides to, to retire or quit, you know, at any point of the season, Terrace Marshall Jr. is in line for a lot of targets. And last year, uh, if we look at what Robbie Anderson did, it was not a great year, but it's hard for me to ignore his 110 targets. He also had some rushing attempts in there, but uh, 53 catches on 110 targets. If Terrace Marshall Jr. is getting that opportunity, uh, I might be interested in there. So we'll have to monitor the situation. Uh, the quotes are here that Matt Rule talked as though he expects Marshall to be an integral part of the receiving rotation and could line up at all three spots. Marshall looks more confident. So something to inter, uh, something to note there. And then the other thing, too, is maybe Baker Mayfield's the starting quarterback for this team, which, which could be a slight improvement over Sam Darnold here. So we'll move on here. Um, Packers offensive line note. Uh, Rashad Penny. This one's interesting. Some more Seattle Seahawks notes here. We'll get to the Noah Fant one as well. Just group them as uh, as one uh, in the YouTube tags. But ESPN, ESPN's Brady Henderson writes, Rashad Penny is in the driver's seat to be Seattle's primary back, which is interesting. They spent a second round pick on Kenneth Walker. And uh, all of a sudden the quote here is, uh, but he has a long injury history and a second round pick in Kenneth Walker vying for a share of the early down work. Uh, Chris Carson, I'm not expecting Chris Carson to play. He had a serious neck injury and a serious surgery to repair that. So it, it's a two-man role here for the Seahawks. And who knows, they like to use their pass catching backs, whether that's Travis Homer or DJ Dallas. But for the main part here, it sounds like this is a full on 50-50 committee, but Rashad Penny has the leg up. He's in the driver's seat. So for now, I'm not super excited to draft these guys. If we look at the ADP on drafters.com, 
let's scroll down here. I believe uh, Kenneth Walker is being drafted higher. Uh, Kenneth Walker has an ADP of 96, RB32. That's, you know, in the eighth or the ninth round of fantasy drafts. And if we go probably just a little bit farther, we'll find Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny going in the ninth or the tenth round as RB37. That's kind of what I expect. You know, these guys are probably both flex running backs here. And they're both going to kind of cap each other's ceilings. But uh, who knows? Maybe at the start of the season, it's Penny. End of the season, it's Kenneth Walker. So if you have the patience, I think Kenneth Walker is probably the payoff pick. Um, more Seattle Seahawks stuff here from Brady Henderson. He writes that there's a belief in the organization that whichever quarterback ends up starting for Seattle will be more inclined to throw to tight ends than Russell Wilson has. Russell Wilson's never really had a tight end that was good for fantasy. He did dabble with, with Greg Olson for like a season or two. Uh, but to be honest, either he really hasn't had an elite, maybe, maybe Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Graham for a season or two, but it's just never been a main target for Russell Wilson. But all of a sudden you have Drew Locke who has chemistry already with Noah Fant and Geno Smith, who I think will, will be more open to taking those quick short throws. And Noah Fant's a guy here, super athletic. He's been very productive in his few seasons uh, with Denver. And a lot of people are kind of disrespecting Noah Fant in terms of ADP. Again, it's having to deal with the quarterback situation and also kind of being behind DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett for targets. Uh, but all of a sudden, you're, you're talking Noah Fant. Let me see here. He goes late in drafts. He's going, what is this, the 14th round as the tight end 22? He's gonna be a, he's gonna be in the conversation for like a top sixteen top you know top tight end a fringe tight end one most week so I think in this range I especially like Gerald Everett next to him too Noah Fant is a guy here who I think we should probably stop sleeping on if I look uh, at my tight end projections I think I have him as a top ten uh, he's he's my my tight end 21. So that's kind of fair value for him especially in the thirteenth fourteenth round you have nothing to lose at that point so I do like the pick there. Um, Moving on to San Francisco, 49ers, running back, Tyrion Davis-Price. ESPN's Nick Wagoner writes that third-round pick, Tyrion Davis-Price, is a good bet to emerge as a top-two option in the backfield. Now, they do have Jeff Wilson, who re-signed there. They do have Jermichael Hasty, who they like as a pass-catching back. And then they have the disappointing running back, Trey Sermon. So they drafted this guy in the third round, and a lot of people were like, whoa. Usually the 49ers are, 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 are a team when they draft a running back, we're going to pay attention. That's why a lot of people like Trey Sermon last year, but uh, they double down on the position. They already have Elijah Mitchell, but here they are drafting Tyrion Davis Price, who uh, was an interesting back out of LSU. It took him a while to get the full workload, but when he got it, he capitalized on it. And he's, he's kind of like a bowling ball. If you watch him run, he reminds me of CJ Anderson, if you remember him. And it's not going to surprise me if, if he wins out the number two job and, and acts as a compliment to Elijah Mitchell. And we both know, every, everyone knows Elijah Mitchell's not uh, going to catch a lot of passes. He's going, to, he's going to get a lot of carries. But, man, if you're looking for the handcuff in, in San Francisco, I think Tyrion Davis-Price is going to beat out Jeff Wilson, Trey Sermon, and Jermichael Hasty for, the, for the, the lead backup and carries job. Um, so I'll tie this take in here with the, with the, the Tyrion Davis price take Jimmy Garoppolo. They think, uh, the 49ers would only keep Jimmy G around this season at a significantly re reduced price. So I don't see him taking a pay cut. They're going to try and trade him the best that they can. Um, 
Some rookie running back news. I'll, I'll group Abram Smith and Tyler Algier together. ESPN's Mike Triplett projects that undrafted running back Abram Smith will make the team's initial 53-man roster. And this is a direct correlation to the Alvin Kamara situation, his legal situation with the uh, um, his arrest over Pro Bowl weekend where he was caught on camera punching somebody uh, even if, when he was unconscious. So Kamara has some court stuff going on in August. We'll have a better picture about that right now. As far as drafting Alvin Kamara, I'm not doing it round two, maybe round three. Again, we have to wait to see how many games he's suspended for. But that's going to open the door. They still have Mark Ingram, Tony Jones Jr., Dwayne Washington. Uh, but a lot of people have been chirping up this Abram Smith here. So, so a name to file away if he's lighting it up in July and August. Uh, we might have to snag him to start the season. And then uh, moving on to another rookie running back here, Tyler Algier for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Mike Rothstein writes that Tyler Algier is expected to be one of the top two backs on the Atlanta depth chart. So uh, there was also a blurb the other day that the Falcons are going to use Cordell Patterson more like a wide receiver this year. So they could end up having multiple running backs touch the ball, you know, 10 times a game this season. And they, they drafted Algier. A lot of people liked him. He's a big bruising kind of back. A good, uh, good ability is a passer as well. And they, they added uh, Damian Williams as well. So there's kind of like a three-headed rotation here. But, man, uh, the NFL, long season, 17 games, it's a war of attrition. If anything happens to CPAT or Damian Williams, there's a good bet that Tyler Algier is a guy that could get more work as the season progresses. So something uh, something to monitor. And again, if he's impressing in July and August, uh, you should, you should be uh, open to taking him at the end of your drafts. I think for best ball leagues, he – Take a stab at him in the 16th, 7th rounds. Why not? Um, Green Bay Packers tight end Robert Tunyon. Uh, we have Rob Domovsky saying uh, he's projecting Robert Tunyon to start on the pup list uh, for the initial part of the season. So he is currently ahead of schedule. But again, he had got injured, I think, mid-October. Uh, that usually puts you out nine months from there. That's going to be a stretch to get him back. Uh, but if he's back and practicing in July and August, Good, good opportunity for him to be the starter, but something we'll have to monitor here. It's kind of murky, but I, I'm I am projecting Tunyon to be ready for Week One and, and probably be one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets. So if, if he continues to fall in drafts, I'm open to it. The opportunity cost right now for a guy like Tunyon on Drafters.com around where Noah Fant's going. I think I might even prefer Noah Fant. Uh, and yeah, we're going to talk next about Cole Komet and. So I'm, I'm nervous about drafting Chicago Bears players this year, but Cole Komet's one of those guys. Just one, it's the tight end position. There's kind of no worry about drafting a guy like Cole Komet because it, it's tight end. You're not investing a high pick. He's maybe a 10th, 11th round pick. And I just think this year, he didn't catch a single touchdown last year, which was weird. He's going to catch touchdowns this year, and he's going to be the number two target in this offense. So we have ESPN's Courtney Cronin saying that uh, Cole Komet could see more red zone targets in 2022. That's To me, that's a given. Uh, the red zone should be the area where he sees an uptick in targets. We will, He will have an ample opportunity to take a big step forward. Komet had no touchdowns last year and only 12 red zone targets, which uh, it did lead the Bears last year. Uh, expecting more than zero touchdowns is fine, but Komet will need more than that to be a tight end one flyer. So for me, where is Cole Komet being drafted? So on drafters.com, we have Cole Komet. Where are you? He's being drafted uh, 143rd off the board here. That's around, around 11, round 12, which is fair price. As the 15th tight end off the board, I really like that. 
If we look at my projections real quick, I have Cole Komet as my tight end number 14. So if you decide to pass on early tight ends, grab yourself a couple guys like Cole Komet. You can even grab, you know, Gerald Everett, Noah Fant, uh, some of these guys as your tight end too. So I'm aboard Cole Komet. Again, there's just no one to throw the ball to. It's Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. And then they have a bunch of uh, kind of hack receivers here. So I'm in on Cole Komet. And even last year, it's hard to ignore the amount of targets. He had and. No, that's uh, projections. He had 93 targets last year, 60 catches, 612 yards. So I think he's just scratching the surface. Hopefully he can convert some more of those red zone opportunities. So yeah, we're, we're all on board uh, with Cole Komet. Just a quick note here on Logan Thomas. He could open the year on injury reserve. Uh, he got hurt, I think it was week one of last year. He's an older tight end. I'm, I'm probably just crossing Logan Thomas off my list this year. Uh, Matt Breida news for the New York Giants. Jordan Raynon writes that he would not be the least bit surprised to see another veteran added to their team's running back room at some point. And yeah, I mean, if, if God forbid anything happens to Saquon Barkley, the Giants will likely use Matt Breida as like the more pass catching back and they'll have another uh, kind of banger between the tackles here. So it remains, it remains to be seen what the Giants are going to do uh, as a primary, you know, veteran backup here. But I would bet Matt Breida splits time with another, uh, another running back there if, if anything happens to our guy Saquon. Uh, we're almost done for the day, uh, but I'll quick note here about Michael Gallup, <clears throat> Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. We have Todd Archer writing that Michael Gallup might not be ready for week one, but he should be ready sometime in September, which is actually good news. I, I was penciling in worst case scenario where Gallup starts the year on the pup list, misses six games. But man, if he's back by September, that, that could be two games, three games, maybe four games at worst case scenario. So we're looking at that two to four window. He, uh, I had to update my projections. He's, he's, he's going to be a fringe top 50, top 60 receiver by the end of it. And I think, uh, again, with the vacated targets to Amari Cooper, you're looking at Michael Gallup being an interesting late round flyer in terms of draft. I guess let me see where Michael Gallup is being drafted right now. Uh, he's going 124th, which is uh, what? That's a 10th round, a 10th round pick in in 12 team leagues here so he's being wide receiver 56 off the board i think if you're patient you know you draft him you slide into that ir slot right away Gallup could be an interesting guy again cd lamb is the number he's the clear number one but after that you have an unproven rookie in jalen tolbert and uh kind of a journeyman in james washington so Gallup, i'm intrigued with that that's actually good news for me there uh and then we'll read this last one here uh rookie running back isaiah spiller for the chargers we have ESPN's Lindsay Theory writing that uh, Spiller will have the opportunity to prove he's worthy of carries ahead of Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree. Now, uh, if you remember the last couple seasons, Josh Kelly had some time uh, in the light here, but he disappointed. He had a costly fumble at the end of the season last year, too. And Larry Roundtree just didn't excite us either last year. So both those running backs kind of struck out in their opportunities. And then you draft an electric guy like Isaiah Spiller. It's not going to surprise me if he wins the number two job. And, uh, you know, if anything happens to Austin Eckler, uh, you're going to want to have Isaiah Spiller, I believe. So uh, that's going to do it. We'll wrap that up. Um, maybe, let me just hang on here one more time. One more minute. Uh, I want to get to Austin Hooper here. Uh, we have Teron Davenport writing. Austin Hooper has already surfaced as one of Tannehill's preferred targets in the passing game. And keep in mind, man, like there's there there was no tight end on the team last year that was worth a damn. But Austin Hooper, you remember his days back with the Falcons? He was a PPR monster. And the lack of quality receiving weapons in this offense, you have no A.J. Brown uh, and aging and, and injury 
uh, coming off an injury, Robert Woods. You also have a rookie, Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook, Ikina. It's not going to surprise me if Austin Hooper is the second target for Ryan Tannehill. So uh, a guy here who at the end of drafts may be worthy as your tight end too. And then Aiden, if you're still here, this is great news. James Robinson is expected to be cleared to return at some point in training camp and this is suggesting that he could be ready for week one now the the last month or so with my projections i had been projecting james robinson to be on the pup list to start the year which means he misses six games but all of a sudden here it looks like they could ease him into the lineup week one now he got injured he, he, he tore this thing this achilles in december last year which is tough because that usually it puts you out nine months minimum which brings us to september but the fact that he's clearing He's going to be able to clear to return in training camp by August. Like that's, that is mighty impressive. So if he's good to go by August and he's practicing, that's a huge sign that he's going to be ready for week one, which kind of dents Travis ETN for me a little bit. I moved ETN down in my numbers because I had to boost Robinson's up a little bit. I had to account for four or five games where he would be playing. So uh, huge news here for James Robinson and that Jaguars offense, potentially getting their playmaker back for the start of the year. And then this will be the last one before I sign off here. It's the Houston Texans. I don't like drafting Texans outside of Brandon Cooks, but here's an interesting one. Uh, Sarah Barshop writes that rookie Damian Pierce should have plenty of opportunities to take the lead back spot by the end of the season. Uh, there's a bunch of junk there on that Texans roster, whether it's Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Royce Freeman, Dare Uglenbowale, uh, Damian Pierce. They spent a fourth-round pick on him, I believe, out of Florida. A guy here who, if he's making noise in July and August, why not take a stab at him at the end of your drafts? We'll see what happens. Uh, but that's going to do it for today's video. I didn't even touch on Deshaun Watson. We'll worry about that later. Uh, but thank you guys so much for your time. Check out the 2022 draft kit. Links in the description below. Subscribe if you're new. Uh, like the video. That helps us grow. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for your time. We'll see you in another video. Peace.